thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me today. Super excited to chat about, you know, your journey building, you know, a software product in the impact space, which, you know, I know has its challenges and ups and downs, and you've kind of been on an excellent journey and kind of want to get into all the details of, of what you learned from that. But let's kind of start at the beginning of your origins of, of how Millie got started and just take us through that journey and that ideation process of, of why you even wanted to start it. Sure. Um, first of all, Grant, thanks so much for having me. I've been a huge cause artist fan from the get-go, so I yep. just feel very excited to be here. And I, I know that's true, because I know you're not saying that, because I, I remember our conversations years ago, so. Yeah, cool. oh my God, I feel like I get all your emails. You're just, you know, you're you're in it. I, 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 I'm excited to be here. This is fun for me. Millie started, I started Millie about three years ago now, and the initial goal was really around individual giving. So mm -hmm. the thought was, you know, I'm a millennial, hence the name Millie. That's why <laughs> we named it Millie. We, you know, millennials get a bad rap around a lot of things. Uh, so we wanted to name it something, you know, we wanted to do so, something positive that was named around millennial. And we really wanted to see if we could help this generation of givers give back more thoughtfully and strategically, because until that point, millennials in general give mostly on social um, or via friends and run walk rides. We're very reactive givers as right. opposed to prior generations, which are, you know, a little bit more strategic with their giving. And, and there's a whole lot of reasons for that. I would say most of it is because of social media and that's often we prompts to give. So that's kind of how we started was how do we help young people give more strategically and thoughtfully? And we ended up getting really into this idea around donor advice funds, which are basically these giving accounts that have existed for about a hundred years. Um, yep. So it's a financial account, um, kind of like a bank account, but forgiving where you put money in or, or anything, assets, whatever you want. And then you get that um, tax deductible receipt up front, and then you can give it out over time. Mm -hmm. um, and they're super powerful. It's really and, cool. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, it feels like they're not as well known as I think they should be. Totally. Know? I love, I'm obsessed with donor rides. Yeah, they're yeah. like the coolest things. I didn't know anything about them. And then when I started Millie, I one of the first things I decided to do was, okay, let me go to people who I know who are super strategic around giving. Um, and those people were very kind of like well-off folks. And they were like, oh, I, I do it all out of my donor advice fund and I manage it there and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, 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 what is this thing that you keep mentioning? And everyone referenced their donor advice funds and that's how they managed it and became strategic is once they opened up a donor advice fund and they committed money up front, then that's when they became super strategic. So I was like, oh, this is really cool. There's something here. And at the time, donor advised funds were extremely expensive to open up. So you needed to have an initial donation of anywhere between five and $25,000 to open one up. So that was totally not even close to the average, you know, millennial giving of 700 bucks or whatever it was at the time. So, you know, it, it really didn't make sense for this generation. And, you know, the biggest ones were Fidelity Charitable and a few others, but we ended up deciding, you know what, let's build a donor advised fund that had no minimums, right? You could open one up with 20 bucks, with a hundred bucks, with however much you wanted. You know, you didn't need $10,000 to kick one off. Um, and so that's what we did. And we were really excited and it ended up being um, a really fun experience and felt like pretty glass shattering to do it. But at the same time, 
it wasn't really a business for us. What we realized pretty soon into it was doing these individual donor advised funds. It wasn't like the right fit for, for my skill set and my early team skill set. We were much better with business to business software. And we got real, that, that's my background. I was a software designer, like a, a product designer for many years, you know, B2B companies. And so early on when we were working on Millie, I want to say less than a year in, I think it was about a year in actually, because it was November to November. We had two companies in Boston each come to us and they were like, Rachel, can you build this for our employees? <laughs> and we were like, I don't know. We we're like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, match software and this and that. I'm like, isn't there that software out there? Like I wanted to do something glass shattering, right? I was like, let's build right. donor advice on forever. And they were like, no, but they, they're really expensive and they're, they won't take us on because we're too small of a business. And some mm -hmm. of these companies were like, thousands of people. And I was like, what do you mean you're too small of a business? Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, they're really only for enterprise companies. And so that's when we were like, wait a second, this is crazy. Like there's yeah. software out there and that they're not offering this amazing service, being able to match donations. They're basically stopping more giving from happening yep. by not allowing smaller and mid-sized businesses to join. So that really became our mission about two years ago. And we were like, we got to allow for companies of all sizes to start social impact programs at their companies, right? To start these corporate social impact programs, whether it be match or volunteering or grant making or any sort of like give back oriented programs. We wanted to help them facilitate that with software. We got very lucky with our timing and in some ways unlucky, but we ended up building a building the platform and our first pilot was supposed to launch um, April 1st of 2020. Um, so of course that was kind of a disaster. I mean, sure. it was like, obviously everything with COVID happened and we got a call from them and they were like, listen, everything's yeah. frozen. Like we're not doing right. anything programs, nothing. We're not touching anything. So we're like, okay. So all of our pilots that we were supposed to kick off with that spring, all basically were like, we're not doing it. So we had this brand new software. We were so excited to like roll out these pilots and we had no customers. And I was mm. like, oh my God, like, how are we going to survive? Like this is, that was like a really, I, I even like, I don't think I've admitted this, but like, I even applied for a job somewhere because I was like, how am I going to make, like, how sure. are we going to, operate yeah. this like I was like should I shut this down a few of my founder friends who kept saying don't shut it down and I was like I need to shut it down like there's all of our pilots are gone like COVID's happening no one no one's giving yeah. everything's frozen individuals were definitely giving and we didn't know this at the time companies were giving but it wasn't necessarily the smaller and medium-sized companies and we weren't yet public about it right it was like only the few pilots that we had right. signed with that knew we were even doing this we didn't post it on our website or anything like that so I think it it took me a while to realize that like companies were actually looking for this at the time as the pandemic was starting um, and so during those first few months I was like totally lost um, and then everything happened with Black Lives Matter and companies started to make these commitments around giving. And that's when I was like, right. okay, companies are making these outward commitments around giving. Like I probably should have shut down this company. And that's when we really saw an uptick of companies come to us. And we didn't even, even at that time, we didn't have it on our website yet. We were really stealth, not on purpose, just because we didn't have resources. And so we officially announced the launch of the platform in November of that year. So it hasn't even been that long. It's been about a year and not even a year and a half at this point. Um, and we've just seen some amazing growth 
uh, we just feel, I, I feel so lucky. Like I don't, like yeah. there were just so many moments of like, is this going to work? And we're definitely at the stage where uh, it's definitely working and it's a sustainable business. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely a different, unique tech company in that we are not a venture backed business, nor do we want to be, you know, we, That's great. Very, yeah, it's been, it's been weird. I think everyone it's is hard pretty, to do. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's why, but also makes it, yeah, there's challenges, right? Like when a pandemic hits, we don't have an arsenal of money to just fall back on, you know? And so that, that became much more challenging, but we, I love it. Like I, I just am enjoying it so much. I think originally I thought we would go that path and I just became very, honestly, I like couldn't sleep for months when I was like, you know, in the throes of like figuring out, going out to raise. And I didn't know why I was so stressed because it wasn't like the going out to raise that scared me. It was the actually making that choice for the business. And so once I realized that that's what was making me have sleepless nights, um, (laughs) I was like, wait a second. I don't know if I need to do this, right? Like I always assumed I needed to go the venture path because all the companies I had, all the startups I had been at prior were all venture backed businesses, but maybe that's not for me. Right. And it took me some time to realize that I spoke to a a handful of really unbelievable founders, some of which did go that path and told me not to go down this path. And that was like a really, really thoughtful choice for them to divulge that. Right. Like I'm very grateful to those founders that did that because they didn't have to say like, you know, the path I took wasn't the right one. And it takes someone who's, you know, really mature and thoughtful to say that to someone. Um, and so I'm just super grateful to those founders because, you know, for us, it's worked out tremendously. Like we've been able to scale the business, um, with, with revenue and it's made it so much more fun. And our team is just, you know, we're employee owned. So everyone has a piece of the Mm -hmm. business and, you know, and the reason I, I, I love it is because, you know, if we ever have some sort of, you know, life-changing event for the business, it's it's life-changing for everyone, right. right? Because no one's diluted. Everyone on the team has something that's pretty significant. And that 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 is very important to me because it, it can, you know, I've been at all these venture-backed businesses before that, and it, it's not really life-changing for anyone but the founders. And I didn't want that to be the case um, at Millie, so... Yeah, it's 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 a great place to be in if you can be in in that place. I think you tend to have much more of a long term approach. You're yes, not, yes. you know, oh, we have to we have to grow, grow, grow in three to five years, you know, so we can exit or raise another round to keep. Yep. Like sometimes scale, you know, quickly and and going that that sort of venture route where you just keep growing, 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 growing above all else by any means necessary. Like that's just sometimes it's just not necessary if you don't have to do it because you know then you you know maybe you can't be sort of you can't be employee owned, right? You can't yep. you know move how you want to move. You know you can't take your time building out you know features or or maybe really concentrating on your core product for a longer time. Than yep. you would if you were backed by by venture and you know you're you always got to move and build products every every sort of quarter you have to release something new and yep. all the, it, it becomes your focus becomes less ironically less on like building a long-term viable product and, and more yep. about building toward acquisition right which is is really quite different um, absolutely i want to go back to when you first talked to that that uh that uh, company that was you know had you know hundreds of employees or thousands of employees were you at that time, were you already, was that the catalyst to actually go build a software route? 
when yep. you are already determined to kind of leave the the donor advised fund kind of idea behind already and this was sort of the kick the kick that you needed to actually go ahead and say okay we're going to build this software for yeah it happened because there were two conversations we we had with founders or ceo and mm-hmm. the founder of two different companies in the same week that said that so it was like the first one said it and i was like oh that's interesting i should look into it so i did and it it was interesting but i wasn't like ready to make the jump until we got I had another conversation that same week, like very, again, this is like the part of business that feels like such luck, right? I mean, had it not been that same week, I might not have taken that as a sign, you know? And it was like, wow, two people in the same week are telling me about this. Like, I should really take this seriously, you know? And because people tell you everything. When you're a founder, I'm sure you know this. Like people are like, your business should be this and your business, you should do this. And like, you just have to kind of filter it all down um, to what what you think you should really do. Um, and sometimes that's hard, right? You don't know which, who to listen to. And sometimes, you know, in the early days, you're kind of pulled in a lot of directions, but this really felt like, wow, two companies are asking about this yeah. in the same week. Like I should take this seriously. That's great. And so let's, let's dive into a little bit of what the Millie product is now. And sure. you want to kind of go through a little bit of the foundational foundations of the product and then maybe go into some, some sub features. Like what, it, what is this, I guess, when you approach businesses or as they approach you, I guess, what's their their biggest need, right? What does Millie provide yep. for them from like day one? Great question. Yeah. So the biggest, like I would say underlying like need behind everything that you run on Millie is really around um, your engaging your employees. So mm-hmm. yes, you want to give back as a company. Yes, you want to do good. Those are all really important things. Um, but layering that on with building this connection, this deep connection between your employees and you as a company and even amongst your employees um, is really, really powerful. And I think especially nowadays when people are remote and hybrid and far apart from each other and feel disconnected and people are searching for meaning in their jobs and we're just seeing, you know, the great resignation. And there's just a lot around meaning in the workplace that companies, people teams, HR teams are searching for. Um, And so that's why we've really experienced exponential growth is because people are trying to solve for this employee engagement question which has only become a really like foreign question to folks in the last two years, right? We we now are in a pandemic. People are, companies are remote that had never been remote. People are dealing with things in ways we haven't seen. People are leaving their jobs in ways we haven't seen. And so that's really what we solve for, right? We help you create that very deep connection with your employee by doing good. Because the, the employees that want to do good and want you to give back as a company will feel extremely connected to you if you do that with them. Not all of your employees care about giving back, but many of them do. And those that do, it will be so powerful, way more powerful than giving them a gym membership. But to be able to say, here, yeah. here's $1,000 that I want you to give to the, to the nonprofit that you love. That's way more powerful than the beer that you can have in your in your office space, right? Like there's just something about what we're doing that for many people impacts them and connects them with their employer in a, in a way that we've never seen before. Um, and so that's why I think we're seeing a lot of success is because there is this deep need and the tool really does help with that need. So for example, I would say just to give people a sense of like the types of programs that you could run on Millie. So you can run a match program. So for every, you know, dollar that someone gives, you match X dollars and you can put employee caps around that and company-wide caps around it so that you can stay within budget. 
you can run a volunteer program, right? So that can be a one-time program, a recurring program, a week-long program, as many programs as you want. You can run a gift program. So instead of sending someone swag, you can send them an $100 charitable gift card, you know, when someone in their family passes away or you can, you know, something that feels much more meaningful. Um, And so, so we're seeing that become hugely popular, the gifting. And, and so that's great. And then grants, which is direct donations from companies, which are also, again, more and more, we're seeing companies make those commitments. Lastly, or I guess there's two more pieces to Millie. One is groups. So essentially, you know, we see a lot of giving and volunteering happening around employee resource groups and affinity groups at companies. And so we built a whole groups tool. So the groups, each group could actually manage all of their giving campaigns or volunteer programs or whatever they're they're working on, um, which has become hugely popular um, and really successful. It's a really great way to extend the reach of your programs internally. Um, And then lastly, the the most fun part, which I'm sure we'll get into, is this new tool that we just launched called Giving Madness. And so that's a really fun gamified giving tool that allows companies to give back with the rest of their team in a fun and engaging like event-like, like a digital event. Let's dive into to the giving madness cool. in a second. I want to ask one more thing before that is, yeah. so from an employee standpoint, the employee gets to choose, let's say like, look, they log in, they're, they're in the, the back end of, of Millie. They can choose who they want to give to, right? Is it is it curated yep. by the company or? Yeah. yeah, great question. So there are a lot of nonprofits on Millie. There's about 1.7 million in a few months, there's going to be about 8 million because there'll be all the international uh, not NGOs as well. And so the, the companies get to choose who they want to match towards, but employees can give wherever they want. Gotcha. Um, so companies can set guidelines around it. You know, we don't give to, we don't match towards religious causes, you know, right. let's say, for example. And so an employee can still give there on Millie and use it as their donor advised fund, but they won't get that match dollar to that organization. Gotcha. Uh, But then companies can also run campaigns, which are very successful. So they can say, we're raising $5,000 for this cause area. And here are six nonprofits that you can donate to. And here's three volunteer events. And then we track that. And we also integrate with Slack, which is amazing. So all this activity that you're doing on Millie pulls directly into Slack. Um, We're finishing up our Teams app. So everything you're doing, if if you're a Microsoft Teams company, everything you're doing on Millie will also pull into teams. So there's really a lot of fun ways to kind of extend everything you're doing on Millie to make sure that everyone in your company knows about it. And there's, there's a lot of like social kind of like mechanisms that happen um, when it's integrated with, with these tools, because like, for example, one of our customers told us that they had, you know, a lunch and learn with a nonprofit. And then, you know, a month later, someone on the team gave back to that nonprofit on Millie. And because it was part of a campaign, it prompted a little message in Slack, like this hmm. Julia donated just back to this nonprofit. And so just that day, 12 more people, because they saw that message, donated right. to that nonprofit, just because that one triggered message you know, yeah, I mean, it's a great like, discovery tool, right, for others, because I mean, like you said, there's so many nonprofits. Like, yes, <laughs> I think I think, you know, I think there are a ton of people that don't know about a lot of different really interesting nonprofits doing really cool things because we think of uh, a local homeless shelter or a local uh, pet shelter, you know, a domestic violence center or something like that, like some of these really 
kind of core issues that communities deal with. But then there's also amazing like tech nonprofits or like amazing yep. nonprofits around travel or like there's just or media even. Like there's just so many different so many dynamic nonprofits out there that I think what's cool about this is you kind of get to discover new ones as well, right? That you never thought you know, even knew existed. And <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. wow, this is great. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes Billy super unique is that our platform allows for nonprofits to actually build out these profiles, almost like these, you know, almost like a drag and drop kind of builder Mm -hmm. where you can like add different sections and tell your stories. So when you're like searching nonprofits in in the Millie database, it's not like you just see a name and an EIN and you click donate. You're Mm -hmm. seeing stories and statistics and dollar strength and videos and photo. I mean, it's like endless. It's awesome. And it's all because the nonprofits take the time to put it together. doesn't take that much time. It's usually just a few minutes, but, and it's totally free, of course. And we're also very unique in that we don't take donation fees, which is Mm -hmm. very unique um, in our space where I think the only one still, sorry, in the corporate giving space, I I should say, Um, obviously uh, credit cards take their fees, but outside of that, like we don't take any volume fees. And I think that also allows for nonprofits to feel super comfortable to come on the platform, like tell your story and you will see some unbelievable giving happening. And yeah, I think in terms of discovery, like the platform is amazing for discovery. And I think giving madness is another what we're seeing. We didn't realize it would end up becoming a discovery tool, but super powerful in terms of really exposing people to new nonprofits yeah. that they never heard of. Um, Let's explain yeah. more and because this is like this is my favorite time of the year. So anytime <laughs> I see like I see like any bracket I can get involved in, like I'm just, yes. uh, I'm just on it. But like explain. Yeah. Okay. So let me talk about giving madness because it's pretty wild and I probably have to explain it so that people have a clue what I'm talking about. Um, so giving madness is imagine March madness meets giving. So a company, basically what they would do is they would fill out a bracket. Um, so they would put 16 nonprofits into the bracket and then they would put a whole pool of money behind the bracket. So let's say they wanted to Mm, give $20,000 or $50,000. They'll put that money towards the bracket and then they'll invite their employees to vote nonprofits through the bracket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the nonprofits win something from that pool, but proportional to where they land, they'll win a larger chunk. So that's interesting. It's okay, very so cool. everybody gets a little something. Yep, everybody gets something. All nonprofits that are in these brackets get something, and then the ones that are, you know, at the further you move along the bracket, the more money you will, the more money the nonprofit will ends up getting. Um, and the what's great about it is there's just such unbelievable engagement and unbelievable exposure. So, and the companies choose the 16. Yeah. So the companies choose the 16 to start. Usually that'll be sourced by their employees um, or they have certain partners that they want to add. So they'll put those in those nonprofits have these very vibrant profiles, like I described, and then the employees will then vote them through and it's a time-based event. So companies can choose whether they want it to be like a four day event each it's four rounds, the sweet 16, elite eight, final four and the championship game. So those each round can be a day, can be a week. It can be however long you want. And so what we're seeing is most folks are doing either a month long bracket. So four weeks, each week is a, is a round. And then some companies are doing a one week bracket. So they'll start Mm -hmm. it on a Monday. It'll end on a Friday and each round is a day. 
Um, so yeah, we're seeing it's super, we're so excited. Awesome. Um, we this is the first year finished. for it? Yeah, this is the first okay. year. This is something I've been wanting to build for literally since Millie started three years ago. Like I've been hooked on this concept. It's kind of um, like a product by itself, really. Oh you know? yeah, I mean, it could be. Totally, it's cool. Totally. Yeah, we're we're actually seeing a ton of companies. So a lot of our customers are using it, but then we're actually seeing a lot of companies sign up just to use that on Millie, which is great. Like we want to support that. We're because we, we think of it as almost like a gateway tool a little bit, like mm-hmm. companies that aren't necessarily like sold on setting up a whole social impact program are like, let's start with this giving madness thing. Let's do a week yeah. of it or a month of it and let's see how it goes. And let's put 15K towards it or 10K. Gotcha. Or so they don't even need to be a part of, they don't even need to be a part of the million platform. They don't even be a customer yet to use it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Right. Great. Yep. And companies gotcha. that are under 25 employees can use it for free. So we're really lucky we ended up getting a grant from the Gates Foundation. So because of that grant, any of these um, small businesses can use it for free and start the huh. backends. I want to talk a little bit about the future. And I know that it's it can be it can be difficult. I mean, you kind of went through it already with like um like just this this hammer to your to your company and to like your <laughs> mindset, right? With with COVID. And obviously it seems like we're coming through out of it and it seems like something that substantial would be difficult to see happening in the foreseeable future. So like, as you look three to five years down a lot, even a decade for you, because I, I think it's really cool because you can, right? Like you said, it's your employee owned, like you're looking at this as essentially your life's work. I mean, I don't want to get absolutely like, yeah, know, create think, ahead of myself. Right. But like when you know, you are years of your life into right. something and you bootstrap it and like your employee owned, like that's a much more long-term right mindset. Yep. So it, as you look like, well, let's look at, let's just say three to five years. Cause that's, it's, 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 it's enough to, to comprehend right now, I guess. <laughs> what is, what does success look, look like, you know, for you and for the team, when you talk about that in, in meetings and stuff, like what is, I guess, what does success mean and, and what does it look like? Yeah. So I think for us, the way I think about looking back on Millie, like five years down the road or 10 years, whatever it is, if I can look back and say that we helped small mid-market businesses create these impact programs in a way that they had never had access to before, I will be so excited. Like I want that in 10 years from now, every company has an impact program, right? It doesn't matter if you're 20 people or 2000 or 200,000, right? Like we've we've until now only seen those companies that are 50,000 employees or more start the, you know, have these programs, sorry, maybe not quite that big, maybe 20,000 employees or more have these programs. And what we're seeing now is that companies, even if you're a thousand people or 500 people, you know, most businesses in the U S are, are that smaller size. Yeah, for sure. And we want to support them in starting these programs, right? Like you can be 50 people and have an amazing impact. We're seeing that now, like some of our customers that are really small give out hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's crazy. And they're tiny. And it's like, wow, how were we not giving people this access to software to to orchestrate these programs until now? And for me, I think if we can help inspire companies of all sizes to start these programs and show them that this is actually unbelievable for your bottom line, right? Like if you give back with your employees, you will feel it immensely because your employees will feel more connected to you. They will stay longer. You, You will have a different relationship with them 
if you give back with them. And so that's what I'm really excited about is like seeing just the industry in general grow and inspire company. Because right now I would say as an industry have only touched, so not just us, but like all the companies that have come before us that have focused on those larger companies, we've only touched a minute (laughs) amount of companies, right? Like we're talking probably under 1% of companies in the US have these programs. And I'm telling you, if we can get that number to grow exponentially, especially amongst those small and medium-sized businesses, I will feel like we did our job. <laughs> How many employees do you, do, you, do you have now? So we're small, but we're growing. I think all in, like with all the people that kind of help us out here and there, we're probably 10. We'll but probably... that's, that's the great thing about software though, right? You could keep a small team and like yes. really build yeah. an amazing product. Yeah. I, our, and our team's amazing. I think that's the other piece of being scrappy and I call it pseudo bootstrapping because we did take on a little bit of, you know, friends and family money when we first started three years ago, but we ran, we ran sure. through that very quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the idea stage. That was gone. I know. I, exactly. Exactly. I call it pseudo bootstrapping, but yeah, I don't know what yeah. the term is for it. It's like, it's like you realize you want to bootstrap, but you're like a bunch of months in and you already took a little bit of money. So being that kind of company has allowed us to be so picky when hiring. So our, and like our team is just, we're small and mighty, but everyone is in my opinion. I bet you have great applicants though. Like when you're Yeah. Absolute rock stars. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not just growing for the sake of like, I need to, I need like another 10 people in this department. We need to grow X. Like we're just waiting for the right people to come along that we're like, this person is an A plus person and we need to have them on our team. Like the second we as a team are like, oh man, we got to have that person. That's when we hire. We don't, nece- which is good and bad. We don't necessarily hire when we're like, okay, we need to hire, you know, whatever, someone in customer support, like bring in the applicants, let's pick one and be done. Right. Like we wait for the perfect person, which has ended up being amazing for us because we've been able to have this rock star team of people that just perform really, really high. But also, you know, it can be hard because we take a lot longer to make a decision and, and, and you know, fill a, fill a gap. So it, it, it has its pluses and minuses, but I do feel like very lucky that we get to hire in that way because yeah, it allows for our team yeah, to be much more focused on who these people are and and being thoughtful about the addition of a team member versus just like growth for the sake of like hitting some number that some investor put out there. Right. Long form end here on a bit about your, your sort of skill set before you decided to like become a founder, right. And start something because I think it's been really important from just building on a product that you understood how a lot of this stuff worked from your background. Right. Yep. Whether it's design or development, I think you knew the process of yep. what it takes to build, you know, a scalable software system, right? And just that alone, you have like a real edge. When you talk about bootstrapping and you talk about raising money, a lot of that goes into design and development, yep. right? Skill <laughs> sets that perhaps people don't, you know, they don't they don't have equipped because they went to, you know, got educated maybe perhaps on something different. Yep. That a lot of that money is spent over there. But when you have that skill set already. You don't have to spend that capital. It allows you to, you know, bootstrap in a way because you can do it and you can hire a friend to help with development or you're yep. a developer and you can hire a friend with a designer for, for fairly low cost, right? Because people just want to help out at that stage. Yep. Um, but I guess some, what would some, I guess, advice you would give if, uh, if building like an early stage product, 
because I, I deal with like yep. conversations around founders all the time about you know development and design what to spend money on right and like how much would it cost to build this and you know what how many developers do I need and, and all this stuff right it's it's still very opaque for for a lot of people yeah I guess what what type of advice you would give let's say non-technical sort of founders right yeah. coming into the space wanting to to build something for for their niche right that they have a lot of confidence that it'll work and they know the industry but they they kind of don't know how the, the platform side of things yeah and how yep. to build it building technology is both extremely easy in 2022 and also extremely difficult. So it is like in some ways, like you can get, you don't need real server. I mean, there's just like so much of building and designing products and software that is just very cheap. Meaning like mm -hmm. if you're going to go, that's why bootstrappers in the last few years have been wildly successful because you can get, you can get something up and running really yeah. quickly, really inexpensively. But yep. for those that don't have those skill sets, I think they also, I think those folks can often get taken advantage of in the space yeah. Yeah, in a way that makes me very nervous and it's kind of a, I think it's a stain on our industry, right? I think yeah. there's just a lot of folks out there that see these founders and will just charge them crazy amounts of money. Um, and sometimes founders are a little too early to go to some of these, you know, whatever you're going yep. to, whether it be experts or even just dev team, whatever it is. And so I just caution folks when you're going out and starting to think about building and designing and all that, just to be cautious about how to spend and where to spend. And I always say like, don't try to build it all. I know that's like, probably everyone tells you that, but even look at us, like we pivoted, our pivot was like, it was like a 180, so to speak in the, you know, a year in and imagine had we like built out too much. And like, there was so much I, I like had on the docket to build out for individuals that like, thankfully we didn't have the money to build and didn't have the time. And, but had we just like thrown all of our money and our time at that, we would have been so far down that path that we wouldn't have been able to pivot. So I, I just caution, like if you, if there's ways to like use like no code builders and things like that, just to prove yep. what you want to build, do it. The more, and there's so many no-code builders now, like, and ways that you can just like build out in Webflow or things that tools that are just super easy yep. to like, for someone non-technical to just jump in and try to use. Like, I, I I would push you to try, unless, you know, you're doing something with AI and whatever, like sure. yeah, reality yeah, or right, whatever. Right, right, right. Like, right. which you're probably, you know, very few of you are probably doing, right? But like, yep. for, for those of you that are doing something that you might not think is basic, but from a technology perspective is basic. I urge you to try to think about ways to do it yourself in a hacky way, right? Like be hacky yep. at the beginning. We were, right? Like yep. build yep. it in the most weird, flexible way that you can <laughs> do it that's cheap where you can just prove that that is, that is a true business, right? And I think, you know, very few people are right on their first shot. And so that's why I think if you spend too much and are all in on one idea at the beginning and hire a dev team and do all that, and re you realize like halfway through, like, wait, actually, I should have gone this path. It's going to be too late. And so that's why I really think it's important to try to build it in, you know, obviously it depends on the product, but there is a lot you can do with these no-code builders now and, and tools and even just like 
hooking up spreadsheets to Zapier to this to that. Like there's there's ways to build things. Um, so try to be scrappy. Like don't think because you're non-technical that you can't like come up with ways to prove out your MVP. I, I have faith that you can, you know, obviously not in every use case, but I think in most use cases. Um, and I, I've spoken to a lot of non-technical founders at this stage. And so I think there's a lot that they can prove out with, you know, WordPress themes and this thing. There's just a lot of ways to, to kind of get that initial proof off the ground before you go out and build everything from scratch. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's it's a great time to be like a non-technical, you know, founder or idea person because you can get it built. Like you said, I mean, there's just so many ways to rapidly get something off the ground if you're kind of willing to just, you know, kind of learn real quick and, and just practice building it. I mean, you'll I think people will become pretty interested in how they can hook things up very quickly and get, like you said, like an MVP out the door, some type of demo yep. even. To, to make their first sale or something like that. Uh, there's so there's so much opportunity out there for to get your idea off the ground. So, well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me. Thanks this was, so uh, much, Grant, for having me. Amazing, amazing. Best of luck for the next, uh, let's say, 20, 30 years. Is that okay? Can you say that? <laughs> this is this is my life's work, man. I you you will see me for many many decades doing this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, best of luck to you and the team. Tell the team what's up and uh, keep grinding. Thanks so much, Grant. Thank you.